Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Let's give God for our amazing worship team. Let's thank them for all they do. Thank you so much today. Well, it's a privilege. Please be seated. It's a privilege to introduce our guest speaker to you today, Kojo Wood. Kojo, why don't you come? Let's welcome Kojo. I'm going to just give you a little bit of introduction, then Kojo can handle himself. He's a big fella, isn't he? He's got an amazing voice, by the way. After you've listened to him speak, you won't want to listen to my voice ever again. So Kojo has a, a church in Stevenage, Elam Church, and he's uh, been the pastor for how long, Kojo? Good question, about 15 years. 15 years. Also, he's just been recently nominated as one of our national leaders. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we prayed for Steve Ball, who's also on the national leadership team. And so Kojo is also a part of our national, one of our national leaders. We're going to pray for him also after the service, as we want to bless them as a church. His wife, Caroline, can't be with us, but I'm sure she's going to be online, so I'm going to give you a wave now. And his daughter, Amma, is with us also somewhere in the building. So, Kojo, it's a privilege knowing you for so many years now, and we've had the privilege of coming to your church numerous times, preaching and leaders meeting, and uh, we built up an amazing friendship. And I want to say, it's a privilege having Kojo here, and we appreciate you, and so we want to welcome you to Northampton. So just go for it, brother. Hallelujah. Okay, come on, let's thank Kojo. Hallelujah. God bless you. Glory, 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 glory to God. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. God is good. Amen. Thank you, Jason and Linda, for having us. Uh, I came with my daughter. My wife couldn't come. Uh, she's on holiday enjoying herself in Ghana somewhere. Uh, I'm a Ghanaian by birth, uh, living in the UK. Um, my daughter is here, Amma. She's in the university here. When I told her I was coming to minister, he said, Daddy, I will come with you. How cool is that? Thank you. Thank you, Israel, for coming. Um, shall, we, shall we pray? We want God to minister to us, don't we? We want this time to count in our lives. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful and we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for Elim Church, Northampton. Thank you for what is happening here. Thank you for the good news stories that we are hearing. Thank you for the encouragement that we are hearing. Lord, we thank you even in the situations of challenges and, 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 and looking to you today, Lord, that you will bring strength and encouragement, healing and deliverance through this word. I pray and silence every voice of self in the name of Jesus, that you alone will come out of these vocal cords in the precious name of Jesus. So bless us, Lord, and take the glory. For we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together again for God. Amen. Hallelujah. I have enough backups here, so just in case technology doesn't work, I have paper to work with me. Amen? Well, I titled the message of today, Jehovah Jireh, and we're going to focus primarily on Genesis chapter 22. Okay? We're going to focus largely on Genesis chapter 22. And I'm trusting God that in the brevity of the time we have, um, God is going to speak to our hearts. Hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh. Before we come to Genesis 22, I want to take a scripture from the book of Exodus that Moses wrote. 
and we will look at how that relates with what happened in Genesis. So come with me first to Exodus chapter 6. We'll look at verse 3. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 3. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, unto Jacob. I'm reading from the King James. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known unto them. Let me tell you that again. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. It's very, very important. You know, Moses was establishing this 500 years down the line after this incident actually happened. Moses was writing about this. God did not reveal himself to Isaac, to Abraham, to Jacob by the name Jehovah. They didn't know him as Jehovah. We are going to look at Genesis 22 and focus on that and where that name Jehovah Jireh came from. So retrospectively as at the time that that was happening in the book of Genesis, Abraham did not know God as Jehovah Jireh. Abraham knew God as God Almighty. So what is the name Jehovah and what is the name Jireh? The name Jehovah means I am. Can I hear somebody say, I am? Say it again, I am. It looks like some of you have not had breakfast today. You are too slow for my... Somebody say, I am. I am was talking here. God Almighty, El Shaddai, they knew him as. God Almighty, Jehovah. He was not known. I am. He was not known as such. I am is symbolic of the God of covenant. I am this to you. Your need, he is I am too. So we are going to extract a few things from the book of Genesis chapter 22. But you and I will begin to paint a picture, not in terms of historical context, but we are going to look at the figurative element in terms of the future and what God is intending to do through that life of Abraham. So please come with me. Let's go. Let's go straight into the story because of time. Genesis chapter 22. But bear in mind the fact that when Abraham was doing this, he did not know God as Jehovah. Genesis 22. Now it came to pass, I'm reading from New King James. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. Can I hear somebody say tested? And said to Abraham, and he said, I am, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. That's very interesting, isn't it? 
one of the mountains I shall tell you. In other words, he didn't know where he was going exactly, but he knew the mountain. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. Why did he rise early in the morning? Your guess could be as good as mine. Maybe he didn't want Sarah to know where he was going. And Isaac, his son, and, his, and, and he split the wood from the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad, and I will go yonder and worship and will come back to you. Verse 6. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took the fire in the hand and the knife. And the two of them went together. But spoke. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, Father! And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together, then came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood on the altar and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Watch out when God calls your name twice. Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your only your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket of its stones. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of the son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. Can I hear somebody say, the Lord will provide? So let's follow the story here. The name Jehovah Jireh is the Lord will provide. That's the future, isn't it? He didn't say the Lord has provided or the Lord is providing but the Lord will provide. Watch this. This was not the time that Isaac was about to be slaughtered. This was the time when the ram has actually been slaughtered already and now Abraham will say the Lord will provide. What is God trying to teach us from this? The relationship between Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. Genesis chapter 12, the Lord made a promise to Abraham. 
I will bless you and make you a great nation. Genesis chapter 12, chapter 14, chapter 15, and verse chapter 17. All these times he was promising, God was promising them. There is a difference between the promises of God and the covenant of God. The promises of God don't have a time element to it, but when promises graduate to covenant, it establishes an oath. An oath means you have obeyed the condition for the promise and therefore God is about to step in. That is the difference between promise and an oath. The promises of God are only for the obedient. The Bible says if we are willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. The only way we live in life is to die to self. And Abraham will not withhold the very thing that he so much, how can I do this? All these years, 90 something years, you've been promising me, you will make me a great nation, Genesis chapter 12. You will make me a great nation, Genesis chapter 15. You will make me a great nation, Genesis chapter 17. Now in Genesis chapter 22, when he actually fulfilled that condition, the Lord said, hold it Abraham, you cannot kill your son. You can't do what I should be doing. I am about to bring my son into this world and he is going to die for the remission of sin of humanity. You can't do this, Abraham. You can't precede me. I have to give the best sacrifice. Abraham, hold it, Abraham. Call him twice. Hold it. Don't kill your son. Now I know that you fear God. Do you know the church today, very sadly, we don't fear God anymore. When I look at the patriarchs of old, I look in the scriptures, I look in the Bible, I look at people who fear, even, even in our, our denomination, the founders, the, 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 the Jeffrey brothers, the Smith Wigglesworth, the, the great patriarchs of old, um, I've come to a conclusion that they knew God more than we know God today. Because the way we serve God today, you know purpose is everything, when purpose of something is not known, abuse becomes inevitable. Dr. Miles Moreau of Blessed Memory said that. Abraham knew something about God. He knew that he could hold. Do you know what he said? When the son asked him, where is the lamb? Abraham said, God will provide for himself. In other words, he had already declared what was going to happen before it actually happened. That was very prophetic. The son asked him, I see this, I see the knife, I see the fire. Where is the... Abraham said, the Lord will provide for himself a lamb. And I came to tell somebody, the Lord is your provider. Oh, that amen was so weak. I said, the Lord is your provider. I said, the Lord is your provider. Somebody shout amen. Come on, Africans, we make some noise. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah. God will make a promise and wait for your obedience. Come with me to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to 18. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to 18. For when God made a promise to Abraham, we move beyond the Old Testament now into the New Testament. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no other, no one greater, 
He swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured and obtained the promise, for men indeed swear by the greater and an oath. Can I hear somebody say an oath? For a confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. That's God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. Can I hear somebody say an oath? That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for the refuge to lay hold on the hope set before us. That oath is the difference I'm talking about. The oath is God seeing your obedience. See, God never acted. In Genesis chapter 12, it was a promise. I'll make you a great nation. Genesis chapter 15, I'll make you a great nation. Genesis 17, I'll make you a great nation. What was the difference in Genesis chapter 22? When he fulfilled his side of the covenant, God said, I have now established an oath. An oath is what brings the manifestation of God's promises in your life when your obedience is complete. Then God will avenge every disobedience. Now we come to God with a bargain chip. I want him to do this for me. Where is your commitment in the house of God? He should be the one doing everything for us. God doesn't work like that. I said, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't. Abraham proved himself a man who feared God. No wonder. Look at the genealogy. Look at the genealogy. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He didn't say the Lord has provided or the Lord is providing, but the Lord will provide, yet the lamb has been slain. The lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world, it will be very myopic to look at that story and just attribute it to finance. I'm a finance person. I understand finance. But that scripture here is not about finance. Jehovah Jireh is not about finance. It's greater than that. Don't limit God on this. I said, don't limit God on this. Come with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1 verse 20 and I'll show you something and then we'll learn a few lessons and then we can pray. John chapter 1 verse 29 and 30. John chapter 1 verse 29 and 30. Please write these scriptures down. You may need them. The next day, John seeth Jesus. King James I'm reading. Jesus coming into him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he who, this is he of whom I heard. After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Listen to this very carefully. This is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me. How can somebody come after me, John the Baptist, and yet the one was before me? Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. 
What happened on that mountain, Moriah, where God called Abraham to, where David later will come and prescribe a place for Solomon, I think in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, 3 verse 1 or so, where that was the actual place where Solomon went to build the temple. Where Abraham sacrificed the lamb in place of Isaac. The Lord will provide. That was a future that Abraham was symbolizing to us today. That there will be Jesus coming, but Jesus has already been slain from the foundations of the world. And now John will acknowledge that, that he cometh after me, and yet he was before me. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's learn a few lessons here. I've got three lessons here, and then we can close, shall we? Glory to Jesus. Are you okay? Do you, you, you follow my vocabulary? It took me a long time to learn English. So please bear with me if you don't understand. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. I said put your hands together for Jesus. So let's learn a few lessons here. The Lord will provide. What will the Lord provide? Your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord will provide your needs. What is the human need? What do we need as human beings? Number one, we have been offered through that sacrifice eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Bible says in John chapter 10 verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The first significance of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, the Lord our provider. What did he provide? What did he offer? What did he offer? He offered to us salvation. I give. That word give means offer. Offer. That word give means I'm offering them, I'm giving them, I'm supplying them a need. The first need of humanity was a savior. Oh, we needed a savior. Man was on his way to hell. The Bible said through one man's sin, we all became condemned, but through the righteousness of one, we all became righteous. We all became righteous. You know why you are not excited? Because you are already saved, maybe. Do you know? Do you know? Do you look? I just returned from Kenya about a month ago. I was in Kenya. I was in the rural part of the place, ministering to village folk, getting some mosquito bites. When you know what people have to go through to be saved, you will thank God for what you have. You know, when Linda was leading us, she was thanking God for the peace we have through what the forefathers have done. I stood in front of Stevenage, in front of a crowd of over 8,000 in Stevenage when the council invited me to run the Remembrance Day service. I said, there's importance of this in our world. You don't know what people go through to be. In certain countries, it is a taboo to even mention the name of Jesus. And when we tell people in church to clap for the Lord, they do it as if they are doing God a favor by clapping. As I'm telling you, clap for Jesus. Some of you are doing it as if, do you know what God has done for you? 
I said, do you know what God has done for you? Do you know that there is a difference between waking up and getting up? I said, do you know that there is a difference between waking up and getting up? This COVID has taken over 6.5 million people away and you and I are alive today and we can't clap for Jesus. What are you talking about? Excuse my indiscipline. I'll be done and gone. We needed a savior who was provided for. The lamb that was slain, Jehovah Jireh. The savior was offered. The second, man needed remedy from sin. For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. I was talking to Jason in the office, mentioned the word righteousness, preempting my message. Do you know we needed remedy for sin? I told him this morning, the wages of sin is still death. It hasn't changed. On a hill far away stood an old ragged cross an emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest embers for a world of lost sinners was slain so I would cherish the old ragged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old ragged cross And exchange it someday for a crown Exchange it one day one day, one day, one day it's all going to happen. When we stand before the beamer seat of Christ, that, that puts some fear inside of me. That puts some fear inside of me. Our life must be to glorify Jesus. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing His word. It sounds like music in my ears. The sweetest name I know. You can tell this guy is a Methodist. Eh? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, how I love. Help me to sing it. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus because he first loved me. The third thing that Jehovah Jireh provided for us, bless you. Hallelujah. The third thing that Jehovah Jireh provides, God provides us mercy when we follow him. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Can I hear somebody say throne of grace? 
throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I want you to underline need. It's a need to receive the mercy of God. It's a need. Two realities. The judgment seat of Christ. The mercy seat of Christ. The mercy seat in the Old Testament was symbolic of the place they call the presence of God, which is, when you look at the Ark of the Covenant, between the two cherubims on it, if you look at the picture of the Ark of the Covenant, in between the pictures of the, the in, in between the two archangels, symbolic, you will see that place they call the mercy seat of Christ. We are still within the mercy seat days. Come! Let come unto, the, let us come boldly. Can I hear someone say boldly? Unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We need mercy. Oh, how many of you need the mercy of God? Oh, if God was to punish us for the wrong things we've done. Jesus, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, he will provide. Not he has provided, not he, he will provide. Can I tell you something? If you can call something a need in your life, the Bible said in Exodus 6, 3 that we started with, by the name God Almighty, they knew me, but by the name I am, they did not. God is I am to that need. If your need is healing, he is I am to that need. These are the names of God, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So he's not looking at the past tense, he's looking at the God who will heal you. And that brings us to all the names of God. Can I have the choir with me, please? I don't know what your need is today, but we have just been looking at Genesis chapter 22. Abraham obeyed God. Did you even know that God counted that belief for righteousness, that obedience? The Bible says we have need of patience that after we have done the will of God, we will obtain the promise. We have need of patience. Christianity today has become a takeaway. Christian, we pray something today, you must get it today. That's not how God works. God makes a promise. When you do your side of the bargain, it establishes an oath compelling him to come down from heaven. Shall we stand? Shall we stand? Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, the task lost is grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. I live in hope. You know the song, right? Let's sing it, choir. Hallelujah. Sing it to the glory of God. Praise the one who sets me free. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to come forward. I want to pray with you. One day, one day, the Bible said in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed unto man once to die. But after that, there is judgment. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through him. He is the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world that John the Baptist recognized. You want to receive Jesus? Come forward. I want to pray with you. In the name of Jesus. Come forward. Don't be shy. Come forward. I want to pray with you. Is there anybody here who wants to receive Jesus? Otherwise, I'll be waiting here at the end. If you want to talk or see any of the leaders, we will happily lead you to Jesus. Oh, wonderful. Let's appreciate God for the soul. Anybody else? Come forward. We want to pray with you. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. of the song is right. He has broken every chain because salvation is only in the name of Jesus. And I want to thank God for you, for this decision that you have made to follow the Lord. And I want to assure you a new journey of life has begun with you. We are going to lead you in a prayer right now and you are going to experience God. It may not be anything so wonderfully, you know, but you will experience the peace of God in your heart. Please lift up your hands and say these words after me. Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I have heard your word. I believe in my heart that you died for me and rose again on the third day. And you are seated at the right hand of God interceding for me. Please, Lord, close the door to my past. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And I confess today that I am born again to the glory of God. Now let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the souls here. These are precious souls. And we know that heaven is rejoicing right now through the power in the risen Lord. And it is only you who can touch the heart of men and women to surrender to you. Your word says, as we lift up your name, you will draw men to yourself. 
That is what we are seeing today. We say bless them, watch over them. We bring them into discipleship under this ministry. Glorify your name through the work that they will be having with you. Encourage and strengthen them on a daily basis as the church helps them in their new Christian work. So bless them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's appreciate God for that. I'm very, very happy that you have made a decision for Jesus. A lady came to us in Kenya and came to the front and she was in tears, thanking God for the touch of the heart. I was in South Africa ministry and I, this guy with all these dreadlocks on his head came forward and received Jesus and he said something to me I will never forget. He said, Pastor Wood, this is all I have been waiting for all my life. And that's the experience you have today. God is going to walk with you. The church is going to help you to walk this journey. You will not be alone. We are all together as one family under God. So who do they see? Yes, if you follow the gentleman there. Hallelujah. God bless you, church. Thank you for having me. Can we get this? Thank you. We, I want to just pray the second part of the message today. There's a real presence of God on, on this word today, but I, there's, the first thing was salvation, but I just want Kojo to pray over every one of you. So, And this is what I want him to pray. This is really important for us and those online as well. Remember the oath is a response to obedience to the promise. And God has spoken to many of you, maybe in the last, when, I don't know, but God has already spoken to your lives and the only time the need will be fulfilled is through obedience. And I'm asking Kojo to pray a prayer that if God has spoken to your life and you know what he's asked you to do and what you know you're going to need to do, I want to ask you that he will pray that, that you will make a decision to say yes to him. Because no, the provision will not come until you walk in obedience. And so would you just pray that and release something right now? Uh, you know, for some of you, maybe some decisions, it's tough right now. You're thinking, I just can't do that. You know, as I left 
two weeks ago with a message. Listen, if God has spoken to you and His promises are yes and amen, but obedience opens the fulfillment of a promise. And I'm just going to ask Koji to pray a prayer over us and online that He'll release His grace and mercy to help us make the decisions so we can see God's blessing on our lives. Hallelujah. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. Fear is what keeps us away from obeying God. If I obey God, what will happen? Your job is to obey Him. It's God's job to do what He will do. So Father, this afternoon we release your grace, the grace for obedience. When you speak, you don't speak to be heard, Lord. You speak to be obeyed. So Father, help us to be obedient children. Because in your world, there is no grandchildren. We are all children of God. So Father, let that obedience be released into the life of your people today. In leadership, in church hierarchy, in the congregation, I declare obedience in the name of Jesus. Obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, your word declares in Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so the Lord shall send bright clouds and send showers of rain upon every grass in the field. Let that rain meet every obedience and grant us the grace to do this. We pray and ask this in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, and lastly, before we just finish our last song, let's stretch your hands forward. If you're at home, stretch your hands forward. We're going to pray for Pastor Kojo as one of our national leaders. And we're going to pray for God's grace and strength and, and influence to help to move our movement. We just thank you, God, for our leaders. We thank you for Chris, who was our leader. We thank you for the rest of the national leadership team, those that, Lord, that's newly appointed. And we pray especially today for Kojo as he's come to minister and to serve today. We pray for Kojo and his family and Caroline and, Lord, for the rest of his children. We pray, Lord, in this position that you've opened a door for him. We ask you, Father, that you will use him mightily. Lord, I pray that you use his talents, his gifts, Father God, that will strengthen our movement for the future. Father, I pray for protection for him. Pray for a fresh anointing, Lord, to fall upon his life. And Lord, we just pray for great things. Lord, we pray for our movement, Elam, today. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will move again in power, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray for a mighty move of God through our nation and throughout the world. And so, Father, we thank you for Kojo. We thank you, Lord, for his heart and for his life. And we just bless him today in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God and thank Kojo. Bless you, God.